Welcome to Season 5 of the Florida Institute for Child Welfare podcast. I am Jessica Price, your host. Over the next few episodes, we will hear from innovators in child welfare and their system partners who are working to transform the workforce through technology. I'm looking forward to learning about the process of implementing new initiatives and gaining the frontline perspective from our colleagues in the field. Let's get started. Today we are talking with Jackie Gonzalez, the president at Stabilify. Stabilify brings innovative solutions to the child welfare system, and I'm excited to learn more. Thank you for being with us, Jackie. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Dr. Price. I'm excited to be here, and I'm very grateful for the work that the Institute does. Congratulations on that, and we hope that you continue to do it for a long time. Same. Thank you. Well, what I usually start off, Jackie, is asking folks to explain what brought them into their current jobs. I'm always curious, what got you into this type of work? So I'm going to rewind all the way back to when I graduated from law school a long time ago, and I got my job, started practicing law, but I had a very profound interest in getting involved with children's issues. And I wasn't quite sure how to do that because at the time, the job that I got was as a criminal defense lawyer. So a number of friends of mine served on the board at that time, and I'm talking 1987, on the board of Children's Home Society of Florida for their Miami division. And because of them, I was aware of Children's Home Society. So I went there and asked if I could volunteer at their emergency shelter because I wanted to be able to get engaged with children's issues. And I got to know them very well, the management, and eventually was able to start taking children from their emergency shelter out on Saturdays, you know, take them to the zoo, take them to a movie, started doing that regularly and became very knowledgeable of Children's Home Society and the work that they did. And of course became very interested more and more so in the field. And once I got to CHS as as an employee, I never left the field. I worked there for a little over 13 years, and then I worked at a lead agency, and then eventually left that to form Stabilify. Thank you so much for explaining your way into the field. We're certainly glad about the pathways that brought you (laughs) to where you are and what you're doing for child welfare. So I know you mentioned Stabilify. So that leads into the next question. Could you explain what it is and how it came to be? Stabilify is a software development company. And in addition to software development, we provide consulting services for our customers if if they'd like that. We formed Stabilify, a number of us, the founders were involved in child welfare for a number of years, some of us decades in leadership roles. And we were intimately familiar with the day-to-day struggles that the workforce faces and leadership in child welfare and and really human services, not just child welfare, but human services in general, but specifically child welfare. So we had lived through those day-to-day challenges and the difficulty that teams encounter when they're having to make sometimes life and death decisions with very little information or very little accurate information and very little real-time information. So it becomes very challenging to make informed decisions that really impact the lives of children and families when you have so little information or information that's not current. So having worked in the field for all of that time and literally spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on software solutions that never worked, never really actually helped to improve outcomes, never actually helped to create efficiencies, we kept thinking, we the founders who were in this field, there's gotta be a way to bring technology to bear 
There's got to be a way to use technology to create efficiencies because every day something more is added to the plate of a caseworker, something more is added to the plate of a supervisor, all the way up the line, but nothing ever comes off the plate. There's just more and more to do. We also had the opportunity to speak with Esther Jacobo about these recurring issues. Esther also has a background in law, and she is currently the CEO of Citrus Health, the lead community-based care, or CBC, in Miami-Dade. I'm a lawyer by trade, and I actually started my career at the state attorney's office as a prosecutor. And through my career there, I ended up being the division chief of the domestic crimes unit. And what I learned there, which is something that I had not actually experienced in my own life, was how domestic violence and abuse affected the children in the homes. And I saw that firsthand as I spoke with the survivors of domestic violence kind of got under my skin in terms of what I had a passion for. I found it uh, several years into my career as a lawyer at the state attorney's office. And then I had the opportunity through one of my colleagues who had come to work at the Department of Children and Families, come to the department, not here, but come to the department and work with the lawyers in the department. And that's really how I got my foot into child welfare. I know you mentioned domestic violence and how that impacts children, but what other challenges are you seeing in a recurring way in the work that you do every day? So the recurring challenges, I think, are pretty similar to what we've had historically, and maybe we've been able to to move forward in some of those, but some of them continue to be siloed communications between stakeholders and uh, folks that touch the children's lives. Caregiver recruitment, training and supports. When I say caregiver, I mean not only foster parents, but kin parents and also biological parents. And also ensuring that the appropriate services for children and families are the ones that they're getting, that they're accurately linked to those services, that they're getting them in a timely fashion. And that's kind of at a macro level, but a lot of that can be resolved at at the micro level through appropriate supervision and the right conversations happening among the right people to make sure that we're all working together to serve the children and the families. And that, I think, has been some of the challenges that we faced, you know, in terms of being able to coordinate the care. Here at the Institute, we are committed to addressing workforce challenges and enhancing the workplace experience for child welfare professionals. We asked Esther about workforce needs in Miami-Dade. So could you tell us a little bit about your workforce needs and what types of things are you seeing with your professionals on the front line? I I want to say it's a national problem. I certainly know it's a statewide problem, but in Miami-Dade specifically, we had a lot of problems recruiting case management frontline staff. And in Monroe, Monroe's cost of living is even higher than Miami's, if one can believe that. But it is really difficult to recruit folks into a field that's already very high stress without the appropriate pay, right? So so the good news around the case management staff is that we were able to, when we talked about the children in out-of-home care having less children, we were able to make savings around that because as you know, out-of-home care is the most expensive intervention that you have, right? Prevention is much less expensive. So in the savings that we had around that, we were able to reinvest in case management salaries And we really did see dramatic improvement in our recruitment and retention of case managers for the last, I want to say, since October of last year when we implemented that. 
And so with the lower caseloads and the additional pay, I think we're doing pretty well with the case managers, even though we were at a crisis point before we improved those salaries. There are other really dramatically difficult issues around workforce that include the Department's Protective Investigations Unit, because they, unlike us, don't have a flexibility to do that kind of salary increase because they're legislatively constrained. And so I, I believe they are having a real issue. And of course, the protective investigators are the front line. So they go out and they do the investigations and they make assessments that make determination about whether children should be in care or not. So that's a, a big issue. And the other big issue is that we're really seeing a workforce issue around providers of mental health and behavioral health. So therapists, there are long waiting lists for a lot of the services, even in our service rich county, which is detrimental to our families. Getting them into services as soon as possible is key to getting to their goal, whatever that may be, reunification mostly. You know, and I think the pandemic had a lot to do with that in terms of being able to find the mental health professionals and behavioral health professionals that serve our families. So I think it's a really complex issue and it takes more than one organization to kind of put their heads around it because we all depend on each other. So just because one is doing a little better doesn't mean that the whole system is doing better. We will be exploring how Stabilify has been partnering with Citrus Health to address these challenges. So we kept thinking there's got to be a way to use technology to help create efficiencies and to enhance outcomes because then it's a win-win for everybody because ultimately the better the outcome, the better you're serving the child, the family, and the less burnout you have, the less turnover you have in the system if you can create those efficiencies. So we thought about technology as something that's a necessity, not a privilege. Oftentimes you'll hear people say, we can't afford that. Well, I think you can't afford not to have state-of-the-art technology, because if not, then you are not taking advantage of modern tools to do work that is so meaningful, impactful, and life and death often. So we formed Stabilify to develop those solutions, having had those lived experiences of the workforce struggling and administrators being called into court, threatened with contempt of court and things like that. You know, every day by noon, a few of those things have happened. So that's why we formed Stabilify, to address those challenges and figure out a better way for everybody to have a, a better experience through the work piece of it, but more importantly, to better serve the children and families in their care. I love it. And we had a conversation a couple of years ago with some of our partners about the fact that other industries innovate, but child welfare for a while there seemed to be just kind of stuck in the place where it was. And new students are graduating, highly educated people that are coming into the workforce. It wasn't appealing to them, this in quotes, archaic sort of system. So I really enjoyed hearing how you broke that down because we want to be competitive. We want people to want to come into our field and innovation can help with that, I believe. Is there anything you can share about the adoption of your software or the utilization. I know some people who are trying to innovate and change child welfare run up against resistance. So how has it been presenting this? And people don't like change. So how has that been for you? Yeah, people don't like change, you're right. And that's been one of the number one challenges with implementation. Assuming you get to implementation is the change management piece because people wanna hold on to their Excel spreadsheets and they wanna hold on to their paper files. 
and they're not used to giving that up and dealing with a set of technology solutions that are relational and can speak to one another and that provide an underlying ecosystem so that everything is connected and integrated. And they find that threatening. And Esther, for the folks who don't know where to start with innovation, can you explain how you started your partnership with Stabilify? What made you realize you needed to innovate certain processes? We were very excited to start our work with Stabilify. FSFN, which is the state's official database for all things in child welfare, so the official record, that is a very difficult system to navigate. It's a very difficult system to which to really drill down and pull data that might be relevant. So some things are available and some things are not. And there are some ancillary systems out there that I know help with that. But since we were starting brand new, we really wanted to build with our technology partner a system that made real sense, not just for us, so that we could pull our data, but for caregivers, for case managers, for their supervisors. According to the Center for Digital Future, over 80% of Americans have internet access, including various multimedia devices. On average, folks spend 20 hours per week online and report the benefits of technology. Yet there is still resistance to embracing innovation within child welfare. Let's hear from Esther on how she managed resistance in her team. I think that we have to be flexible because our experience has been that once you uh, bring people on board and show them, and the training is a big component of that, right? To show them, let them see it, feel it in their hands, show them real life examples so that they can feel comfortable. Like anything else, like when you first started using a smartphone and you never used one before, it takes a minute for you to know how to swipe and where to swipe. Now, that being said, there are going to be folks that are never going to be okay. And I'm talking more caregivers and when, you know, our case managers, of course, immediately embrace and our supervisors. I think that this workforce is very comfortable with the technology as far as I can tell. Right. But some caregivers are never going to be okay with the idea that they're going to get all these things online. You know, you, you know, folks like this, they can't imagine, you know, the world of social media, of internet, you know, so we have to be able to communicate with those folks in a more traditional way. And we do that. So we do have foster parent liaisons and kinship navigators and people that will walk others through uh, in a more traditional way. But having most of our folks comfortable with the technology has meant that they're more comfortable. The great thing about Stabilify is their unique understanding of child welfare. They expect resistance and know how to manage it. Which is why part of our unique value proposition is that we have the technology expertise, but we have the subject matter expertise because we lived this. We did it. Instilling in folks the fact that it it is change, but it's change for the better. And even though it's frightening and it's daunting and it's time consuming, on the other side of that are efficiencies and improved outcomes. I also have been asking folks on the podcast We understand how we innovate and we create new solutions, but sometimes we figure, oh, that didn't work well, or this is working well, we're adaptive in our approach. So I wanted to ask you, have there been any lessons learned with innovation? I know maybe one of them we can say is that resistance and how to get someone ready for change, but any other things you've learned through trial and error, so to speak, with Stabilify? Yes, absolutely. And I I would say that that not underestimating the change management, the necessity to manage that is is the number one lesson learned. 
But beyond that, Dr. Price, we learn every day. Software development is an iterative process. So when we deploy a solution, we ask our customers to give us feedback constantly so that as they're using it, they provide feedback that helps us to enhance the solutions. And so sometimes we think we knew this because we've done the work, but then things have changed and they're utilizing the solution, for example, case managers, and they'll give you insights that you may not have thought of on your own that will enhance that solution. So the ability to be very nimble and to have solutions that are easy to configure and to customize so that you can literally do them on the fly and continue to have different iterations of the same solution has been the other lesson that we have to always be able to do that because we want, it's not a one and done, we deployed it and you're done. We want to be able to continue to add features and functionality to the solutions based on the user's needs, which is why we utilize a lot of focus groups with folks who are using the solutions, including lots of caregivers, because we have a lot of solutions that are caregiver centric, so that they're constantly teaching us what we're not thinking about and we can enhance the solution. So we've learned that the need to be able to do that all the time, evergreen process of enhancements. Now let's hear from Esther Jacobo about what lessons her team has learned while using this innovation in Miami-Dade. I think the other lesson learned, because we were kind of starting new, this is a brand new system for us and for everyone in our system. So in a way that's good because everyone is starting from the same starting point. Nobody in our system had been using it. The other part of it is to our technology partners, although they're very knowledgeable about child welfare, one of the struggles is explaining to them what it is that you want exactly. So, so when you're in the weeds of things, you kind of talk to people like they know your processes. So one of the things that we learned very early on is that when we were talking to our developers from Stabilify, we had to methodically spell out every step, right? So they understood what we were talking about. So we may have asked them for X, Y, and Z, but we missed a step in between one of those things. They provided us X, Y, and Z, and then we realized, oh, wait, they didn't provide us this. Well, the reason they didn't provide us this is because as a staff, we have to talk to folks like they have nothing, even though they do understand it, child welfare, we need to make sure that we're explaining our processes step by step by step so they understand everything they have to build in. The Institute was also curious about how many agencies Stabilify is working with and how far reaching is their technology. And I don't know if you have numerals around this, but how many partners do you have or are you making any headway in Florida as far as those folks that are saying, I'm ready to innovate, I'm ready to partner with Stabilify? We do. We've made a lot of headway, not just in Florida, but other states. Our business model was never to have hundreds of customers. Mm -hmm. Our business model is to be a small boutique firm Mm -hmm. that is very intentional in terms of who we partner with, because we see our customers as partners and we are a a strategic technology partner for our customer. So we have been selective. And I am happy to say that we're at the point where we have folks who want to utilize our solutions and we're saying, we're not ready to have that conversation with you yet. We will circle back again, because we want to be intentional about who our partners are, because it is a partnership and they're giving us as much as we're giving them. And so we have to be ready for that and they have to be ready for the solution. So 
We have a number of case management organizations that we partner with. We have a lead agency and a number of states that we're currently providing services in. And as I said, a few where we're about to execute contracts. So we've made a lot of headway and we're at a place now where we're good right now. We don't necessarily wanna to grow too much more right now because of the things that we have on our plate and the things that are already in, in the queue. Quality over quantity. And I think that's the best yes. approach to take in child welfare. If you try to do too much, then the effectiveness and the overall outcomes won't be there. So that makes a lot of sense to me. I also am curious about the future of Stabilify. What do you see on the horizon and what's the big dream about that? Well, lots of big dreams and the future of Stabilify, we are part of a network of companies. We have a family of companies that we are partners with because our parent company owns a number of other companies that are all in human services and child welfare. So when we started the company, it was just Stabilify, and then we had a lot of opportunities to be acquired. And then one of them made a lot of sense because the company that owns us is KCARE, Kaleida Care. And KCARE has a number of sister companies of ours that do child welfare and provide child welfare solutions as well as behavioral health solutions. So collectively, our reach is enormous around the country as a family of companies. And so for Stabilify, because we are part of this family of companies, we are in this unique position that we can really continue to refine the child welfare piece and the foster care piece specifically, because our sister companies can focus on a lot of the other things and we can bring them in if we need to. And when I say um, child welfare, I'm including behavioral health, because we do have a managing entity and other behavioral health providers who are customers of ours. And I consider that part of child welfare, the behavioral health piece, because you know you need that integration. In the future, we would like to take everything that we're learning and all of the data that we have access to, to use that data that we have and insights that we glean from that to start to create solutions that can help impact the trajectory of a case. So that when a child comes in and there's a number of characteristics in play, you know that the best the key influencers are these five things or these seven things and how to impact those key influencers so that you can better impact the trajectory of the case of that family of that child. And so without revealing too much, we do have a number of plans in place to be able to help our customers be more proactive in the beginning in terms of how they can influence what actually happens. Because we know that based on these characteristics, Unless we do these things, this may go in one direction or the other. So now that we know that, what can we do to be proactive? Child welfare tends to be very reactive and rear view facing. And really, it, it doesn't have to be that way. University of Minnesota 360, a publication focused on child welfare and technology, states, there are no longer any insurmountable technical barriers preventing innovative solutions in child welfare. Some people just do not have their heads in this century. The author writes, if child welfare is not leveraging technology, they're simply not paying attention to an opportunity. Esther saw an opportunity, but isn't finished. Next, she shares her numerous goals relating to technology and enhanced supervision. I think that the short-term and intermediate goals have really to do with perfecting some of these processes. So I talked about the caregivers a lot because I, I think... 
that's something new to them and, and it was new to us and it took a lot of discussion and training. The other thing we talked about some of the challenges that persist and like I said, um, some of the reasons around those have to do with the supervision, right? And having experienced people in child welfare overseeing the less experienced or working in teams together. And so one of the things that we've, we're working on and that we've been successful to a certain degree and now we want to enhance it is the ability for our full case management agencies to have a way to drill down at their caseload by, by a caseworker and by child. I think that that is something that lets you see the performance that's happening. If you have a worker that's struggling, if you have a family that might be struggling, some of the things that we've been able to develop with Stabilify are these amazing dashboards where if I'm a supervisor at one of our agencies, I can say, well, let me see how case manager John is doing today, or let me look at his caseload. And it can tell you children visited. It gives you a, a number of metrics to, to look at. And we've trained our case management agencies on it. And I believe that that's been a really good way to enhance supervision. And I say enhance because I don't want, you know, when we talk about technology, I think people believe that somehow it replaces some of our human contact. And it's not that it replaces any of it. It just gives us the ability to have that contact, but informed by data, which I think is really, really important. And that's kind of our, you know, our intermediate, I think short-term intermediate is to continue to perfect these devices that allow caregivers to better care for the children. It allows case managers and case management agencies to better monitor their performance for the sake of the children. Yeah, you're trying to get upstream. And I think that we're all trying to figure out how to do prevention. And it sounds like that's the future of what you're trying to do with your innovations. And that's very exciting. That's exciting. Yes, indeed. I agree. As we wrap up, Jackie, again, these listeners might be interested in innovation, afraid, wanting to learn more. Is there anything you want to share, again, about Stabilify and about just your intentions around transforming the workforce? Thank you for that opportunity, Jessica. I would end with saying that if you're providing child welfare services and you find that your workforce is struggling, you're having lots of turnover, everybody's stressed out and maxed out, Consider other strategies, things that you haven't tried. Technology is just one. There are others. But technology that can provide leadership and the workforce, real-time visibility, real-time meaning today's stuff you see today, visibility to what's happening, and also things that are coming up in the future, the ability to see deadlines and tasks that are upcoming that haven't happened so that you can plan for them and be prepared. The ability to do those things will create space for the workforce to be more deliberate in the work that they're doing and space for the leadership to be more strategic in terms of planning for the future. So the ability to have insights and actionable data that help with day-to-day priorities, but also that help you to be strategic about planning for the future. You can't do that without technology. And now, Esther's closing thoughts on what agencies should consider if they want to innovate. So I think that the resistance often comes from knowing that there's something that has worked previously and you don't see where technology can enhance that. The first step is to be open-minded about how it can enhance your system of care, number one. Number two, I think that talking to people that have used technology to make their system better 
I can give you lots of great examples about that. And I think that even looking back at the pandemic, so one of the things that we saw very clearly is that some of the youth were much more comfortable using virtual platform, for example, some of the therapies, et cetera, than they were in person. I think that, that the advice is don't think that this technology is going to take over your best practices. That's not the intent at all. It is really to embrace it, to make your best practices better and to provide your clients, your youth, your parents with another avenue to complete the tasks and the work that they have to do to make themselves healthier and better. I would like to thank Esther and Jackie for taking their time to share their journey through Stabilify. If you are interested in learning more about their amazing work, please visit us at www.ficw.fsu.edu. And you can also follow us on social media at FSU Child Welfare. Thank you for listening.